Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Let's give them a nice hand clap this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for each and every Sunday. And let me also thank all our volunteers for your time, for commitment, and your dedication. It's not easy to volunteer nowadays. We say in Africa that a handshake is only free gift you can get from man now. A handshake. Nothing for free now. So giving your two hours, three hours to come and help is so important for us. Um, I'd like us to turn to the word of God this morning. And uh, our message today comes from the book of John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 11. John 15, 1 to 11. If you missed the last time I was standing here, uh, I started a series on Flourish. Flourish is a series that I believe that is for a season this time. Because every week, I'm not sure about here, maybe us here we're okay. But every week I get close to five to six Ten requests, financial requests. Either somebody's hungry, someone has a baby sick at the hospital, they cannot afford to pay. People that are saying that they don't have a place to sleep. Each and every week we are getting requests and requests and requests. It shows that there's something that is happening that we need to pray as a church. People are hungry. Across. Just a few days back, you saw in Syria and uh, in Turkey, close to 50,000 people within a very short time lost their lives because of earthquake. There are a lot of people have lost businesses because of the rate of inflation across the world. People have lost families just because of COVID across the world. And, and sometimes people ask questions. People are asking, God, when will this ever stop? Because we do have our own challenges. We have things that are happening. But every time you're waking up, there's a storm, there's a flood. There's something else coming up. You walk into the doctor, you're getting a report that is not positive. But the scripture is saying that we can still flourish even in during these circumstances. God is saying we can still flourish as a church. That your families, my family and your family can still flourish. Your business can still flourish. Your health can still flourish. Those farms that have been dry, they can still flourish because you have a living God that looks after those farms. Jesus is towards the end of his ministry. And if you look at John chapter 13, 14, 15, Jesus has mobilized his disciples 
And some of them are already feeling worried. They're already feeling like orphans. They're already feeling helpless because they've been walking with Jesus when they were fishing. From the time they were invited, they've been walking with Jesus. And Jesus is telling them, the season is coming to the end. My time is coming to the end. But you can flourish. You can grow fruit even more than this. You can excel. You can succeed. Jesus is encouraging his disciples. He's telling him from John 15 from verse 1. He's saying, I am the true vine. And my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. He goes ahead and says it from verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in me, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Father, thank you for your word this morning. That Lord, even those desperate times when everybody's anxious, when your disciples are discouraged, when they're feeling like you're going away and the ministry is going to die, you still encourage them that they can bear more fruit. And today, as we reflect on what is happening to our economy, to our families, to our friends, to church, and to pray that God may you help us to flourish during this season. That even in these challenges, we can still bear more fruit to our society, to our homes. We thank you, God, for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our message today in part two is remain in me. Remain in me. And when I was preparing this, I was thinking about marriage. 
So if you're single, nothing against you, please. Today, and to just a little bit talk about marriage as I begin. For those of us who are married, you know, the Bible says that you can cleave, live and cleave and become one. But I think the hardest thing in marriage is two people becoming one. It's on paper. You say, I do. Your people will be my people. Your everything will be my everything. And then you walk in that home. You discover that this person is not the person you imagined. They're very different from you. This person, number one, the food you like is not the food they like. And you have to be one. When they sleep at night, they're very noisy, snoring. You can't even afford to lie down there at all. And you're supposed to be one. This person, they're not used to cooking. When they walk home, they'd rather go through chinos and buy something. And you love cooking. Cooking is just your passion. This person, when they left, this was a mommy's boy or a mommy's girl. And you've just taken a mommy's boy or a mommy's girl from their family. And you've gotten them to your home. And you're asking them to change, to become like you and become one. So when these people come together and they're trying to be one, there's always conflict, quarrels and struggles trying to become one. You've not even touched the bank accounts. One has two or three bank accounts, but it's a secret. This is my money. This is your money. That's your money. You've not talked about cars. That's your car. That's my car. And you want to become one. So Christ is telling his disciples, if you remain in me and I remain in you, in other words, you become one. Our fruit is going to be double. If I and you become just a team and become one, you can imagine the kind of harvest that we can do. And I've encouraged couples, though myself I'm becoming, I'm trying to become one, I encourage couples, if you become a team in your home, you can achieve so much. If you just become one. But I've said it's not easy to become one. But it's possible. It's possible. The other challenge I've found that is so hard for us is not just becoming one. It's remaining one. Because these guys... They had made a commitment to Christ. They will follow him. They had served him. They had done everything together. Now the challenge is, are they going to remain one 
when he leaves them and leaves his Holy Spirit with them. I was there physically. You struggle to become one and I. But now I'm telling you, I'll be going and believing you my spirit. Not my physical, but my spirit. But you have to be one and me. You have to be, you and I have to remain one. That's another challenge for these guys. I want to tell you, friends, salvation is important. Salvation is so good. And for the, the scripture says, if you just confess and declare in your mouth, his Lord, you're there. But the journey of becoming one is a process. The journey of becoming one is a process. So today, I want us just to quickly run through why is it important to become one? Whether it's in your relationships, in your business. I've seen even business partners, they quarrel. It's hard. Shareholders are quarreling. Like I've said, it's good to commit your life, to commit your life to Jesus. But it's better and important for you and I to remember, to remain in Christ. Especially when storms, drought, and other challenges of life confront us. When forces of evil surround us every day, it is important to remain in Christ. Why do we need to remain in Christ? Why? Why is it so important for him? I've just given you the picture of marriage. And I can tell you, the longer it takes you to become one in your marriage, the more challenges you'll have. The easier you become one in your marriage. Because the reality is, you're married. You're one. You're sharing a house. You're sharing everything. You're one. That's the truth. But the longer it takes you to become one, the harder the challenges. But if the faster you become one, the easier your relationship will grow. And it's not just marriage. Whether it's a business, anything, you're partnering with somebody. It's going to be easy for you. The first thing I want to share with us this morning is we need to remain in Christ to experience growth. And pruning is part of growth. He says in verse 2 that he cuts of every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. How many of us enjoy pruning? You are happy to prune your own garden, but I think when God is trying to prune us, <laughs> I don't know what God is trying to prune from your journey. <laughs> it's not easy. It's painful. Pruning is painful. But he's saying that in order for you and I to remain in him and produce the fruit that he wants us, there has to be some pruning. There has to be some pruning. And I was asking myself, 
for us to have a deep understanding of what Christ meant by this, we need to understand how pruning helps the vine to grow properly. How pruning helps the vine to grow properly. Maybe, let me see whether this clip should play. Um, just briefly, yeah, play for us that clip. I'm Paul Cattell, team leader for Edibles here at RHS Garden Wisley. I'm going to give you some tips today on seasonal pruning of outdoor vines. Many people grow them in their gardens, great over a pergola or over arches as we have them here at Wisley. They put on a lot of growth at this time of year and to get good quality grapes and to keep them disease free, we need to make sure we're on top of a bit of seasonal pruning. With a few tips, we're going to look at what you need to do to keep it in check to give you that good fruit later in the year. So it's mid-June, the grapes have already put on a bit of growth and we've done some initial pruning where we have to control the vigour of the grapes. If we didn't do anything, we'd have leaves everywhere, shoots everywhere, it'd be quite a tangled mess. That raises the chance of having disease setting in, we get mildew and then later botrytis on the grape bunches. And we'll produce a lot of grapes that will tend to be quite small and perhaps overstretch the vine so that next year it doesn't produce so much. So by doing a bit of pruning, we regulate the crop we reduce the chance of disease and we create a nice healthy plant with good sized grapes for this year and for future years. The way we grow them here is on a rod and spur system. So we have a permanent rod of older wood. Each winter that gets pruned back to form spurs along it. We have now spurs every 10 or 15 centimetres along that rod. A month ago, we allowed it to produce just one lateral per spur. And if it was flowering, we only allowed it to grow two leaves beyond the flower bunch and then we pinched it off. Now though, they've been putting on some new growth, some secondary growth from where we made those cuts, from the leaf axles, it's shot again. We're getting new shoots developing. We've also got side shoots coming from along that length of that lateral in different places. What we need to do now is make sure that doesn't go on to either produce another tangled mess or to produce more flower buds. We want to shorten the side shoots to simply one leaf of new growth and where it's shot from the ends that we'd cut a few weeks back, then again, we're going to allow the vine to produce only one new leaf on that side shoot and pinch it back to that. So it's a sort of regulation pruning and just keeping it nice and healthy. We'll come and we'll repeat this several times throughout the summer on these vigorous vines. Hopefully with these tips, you'll feel confident to tackle the vine in your own garden, stop it being so vigorous and overgrown to producing multiple small bunches. Instead, you're gonna now produce with these simple techniques Fewer but larger bunches of grapes give you something to enjoy in the autumn and a healthier vine that's going to produce grapes for many years to come. Thank you. How many of us are happy to prune their own garden? <laughs> Not that garden, you. <laughs> uh, I want to encourage us. And like I said, pruning... It's painful, but it's healthy for the plant. It says that um, withered branches on a vine tree are pruned in order to save the rest of the plant. In turn, the plant grows bigger, stronger, and bears fruit. And bears fruit. And sometimes you ask yourself, those things who are looking healthy, they're looking healthy for me. 
Why are you chopping them off? Why are you cutting them? And friends, you know that those things in us that they don't look like this, dangerous for us. Those, you know yourself, I know myself. That those habits, that those things that we know that Christ has to deal with them for us to next the next level, for us to bear more fruit, for us to grow, that those things, you know, the challenges, that those habits that your fingers are always tempted to touch, but we go back to them. I want to remind us today, and I said last week, the world wants to tell us that there is no sin. Because depending where you sit, we look at sin and we view sin in different ways. But I gave you a simple, simple analogy that sin can be that tiny, tiny piece of vegetable or carrot that is just hanging on your tooth and you may not even see it. And your friends are just laughing. It's tiny, but it's making a big difference for you. People are wondering, is it the toothpaste that you do not have or the toothbrush that you do not have? But I want to remind us today as you think about pruning, yes, sorry, that we ne- like my home, we never had vineyards, but we had bananas, and often saw my parents prune them. I tried; they told me I'm doing it the wrong way because I used to cut them badly. But we used to do pruning. And trimming back dead leaves from a banana tree and pruning the tree would then help with the proper growth. It would also help the banana to retain its attractive look. So the work that God is doing in your journey, in your life, it could be, it could be, God is trying to shape you. God is trying to help you to grow into a place where he wants you to be. Because, like I talked about marriage, and many of us do who are married, you walk into a relationship and you want to walk in with all your luggages. And the other person brings their own luggages into marriage and nobody wants to surrender. No wonder the Bible is talking about submission, and not just, not just for women, but I think for each other. If we learn to submit to each other in a relationship, we learn to say, you know what, I can throw these things away, and you can throw these things away, and we can meet somewhere in the middle. My wife and I, we come from a different culture, different food, different language, Many things different. But we have to sit down and say, what can we throw away? And we're still throwing away a lot of stuff. We're still throwing away. But the things you're looking at, and I, can't, I can't just, this one, no, no, no. This one I cannot throw away. And the same thing we're doing with Jesus. There are things that you know that these things are pulling you away from Christ. Christ loves you. He loves Fred. But Fred is just a little bit muddy somewhere that I can't, I, I want to lift you up, but I can't lift you because your, 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 your trouser is, is just a little bit muddy. So my prayer is that 
we'll allow God to do the pruning to allow us to grow. Pruning also is part of transformational work of God. God is working on us for us to retain our real image. How many of us know that Genesis talks about that we were made in the image of Christ? Many people think that, they know that, they believe that. But sometimes in looking at your neighbor, they don't look like the image of God when you talk to them. When you're looking at your friend, when you talk to them, you don't see them like the image of Christ. But the truth is that each one of us were made in the image of Christ. And Christ himself, he's working through pruning and cutting off some things from us and cleaning us to be able to restore the image that was given us for us. So we must allow God to prune our withered habits, those thoughts, positions, and even certain friends out of our lives by allowing this to, this to happen. And we will grow stronger and bear more fruit for the kingdom of God. That's God's desire. The second thing I want to share quickly is that we need to remain in Christ to experience more productivity. The scripture is talking about, I am the vein and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the importance of us remaining in Christ is about us being productive. Us being productive in our journey. It's always hard to have an equipment that is not helping you at all. Keeping something that is only occupying space for you and is not helping you is useless. And Christ is saying, I want you guys to be productive. I want you guys to go out there. He's telling his disciples that I want you guys to produce more fruit. Because I, I was one person. I've worked with you, but I know you're a team now. You're a group of you. You can go out there and produce more fruit. Jesus told Peter, I tell you this. I tell you that you, Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. What does that mean for us? That we have the work of the Holy Spirit working in our, in our lives. There's the work of the Holy Spirit working in Peter's lives that reminded Peter the question Jesus had asked in this scripture. Because Jesus was asking everybody, who do you think am I? Am I? And everybody was saying, Elijah, whoever and whoever. But this guy said, you are Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One. And Jesus told him, that was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. That was revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying is, That the work that is happening in our lives, we may not see. But this work that is happening in us already. If you look at the church today, the church of Christ today. When I say the church is everywhere, 
There are a lot of churches that are praying and working in the spirit. But you have a lot of churches that are working in flesh. A lot of churches are working in flesh. Miracles are faked. And I can tell you that I've seen that. Miracles are faked. Prophecy is faked. Because we want to prove that we can grow the church. We want to prove that we can do ABCD. And, and churches are going even extra mile to do things that can make people feel the, 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 the congregation to prove the world that the church is growing. But the church of Christ belongs to Christ. And the church of Christ can only grow through his Holy Spirit for those that have chosen to remain in him and work with him. And to encourage us today that if you want to grow and be productive in your spiritual journey, remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. Many times when challenges come, when things come and struggle come, I'm saying this because as a pastor, I talk to different people. And part of our goal as pastors, we try and reach out to people and tell them, you know, Christ has not left you. The presence of Christ is still with you. That even through your journey, through your challenges, through the struggles that you're having, that the presence of Christ has not left you. But sometimes I ask myself, when you walk to Syria and Turkey, that a man has lost the whole family. How do you tell them, God? Sometimes I ask questions, but the Lord is reminding me that even through those challenges, his presence is still with us. That even the people I've talked about, that they're hungry, the people that are facing drought, the people that are struggling in pain, that the presence of Christ has not left you. I like the book of Psalms 23, where David was facing the hardest time in his life. And he says, even though I walk in the valley in the shadow of death, you are there with me. And I want to encourage us that when those challenges come, when the storms come, the presence of Christ has not left you. When you're trying to put things together, when you're trying to, to, to go in a certain direction, when you feel like, God, what is happening, that he hasn't left you. He's saying, if you remain in me and I remain in you, I cannot run away when things are happening. Um, you, you and I are together in your journey. We're looking at one of the fruits there. Paul reminded the Galatians saying that the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunk, name them, they're there. But he's saying, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because 
the fruit that he's talking about that hates those things, that your fruit cannot produce if you are struggling in those things. Because when he comes into our lives, he wants to eliminate, he wants to cut them off to allow you to produce the right fruit in us. And the right fruit is here. In verse 22 of Galatians 5, 22, he said that by the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you have those in your marriage, for those who are married, my friend, things are going to be very, very easy. If you can maintain joy, Maintain your peace, maintain your kindness, maintain your goodness, maintain your faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That fruit, you don't have to declare it. You don't even have to talk about it. People can see it. I said it's not easy, but it's possible to get there. Each one of us, the one of those is a struggle. You may be good with peace as a peacemaker, but patience is not your gift. Some of us are so kind. Kindness is your up there. Self-control is trouble. I want to remind us today it's a journey. I said it's a process. It's a process a day at a time. But if you allow Christ to do a little bit of pruning and put a little bit of shape into this, you know, just put a bit of alignment, put some few things on each one of us, just a little bit, we get there slowly. I know he's working on you, he's working on me. It will not happen today, it will not happen tomorrow. But I believe one day we'll get there. The other fruit is reaching out. The scripture said that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like seed of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit even in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no wickedness in him. Friends, the devil wants to tell you that when floods come, when storms come, he's no longer the rock. And that's many times you do. We run away from God when challenges come. We run away from the rock that is supposed to shield you. When challenges come, when pain comes, we stay away from the rock. I want to encourage us that when those times come, run towards your rock. Run to your rock. But the point there I wanted to say is the fruit of reaching out. And I want to thank God for Dick. Thanks, Dick, for putting your hand up to reach out to people. Because the Bible says they still bear fruit in their old age. You still bear fruit. Because your foundation is solid. Your branch is still hanging on the tree. Have you ever seen those branches that are still on the tree but they're dry? Maybe it's just me when I'm running along the levee. I see them. 
And the asthma say, why are they dry and they're on the tree? Does it mean the other branches are getting more water than the other branches? My friends, keep your branch green. Keep your branch active. Because when your branch dries out, it shows that it's time for firewood. It's time for firewood. And sooner or later during winter, some of us who use firewood will come and, and chop it off and put it in the fire. As I finish, I just want to say we need to remain in Christ to experience maturity. And Jesus said that I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father. I've made known to you. These are people, some of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. Some of them were idolaters. But Jesus calls these guys and walks with them slowly. Until they've grown in their experience, they've grown and experienced the love of Christ, the power of Christ. And now he's saying, my friends, you're no longer slaves. You're friends. And it's my prayer that when that time comes, when your day comes and my day comes, that Jesus will no longer look at you as a slave, but he's going to look at you as a friend. Friends are those people that have matured and they're working as a team. They're working together. They're working together. I love couples in marriage that work as a team and look at each other as friends. If you become a friends in your relationship, you'll be up there. But if you Look at the other person as the one who receives from you. Your journey to becoming one will take longer. And today I want to encourage you that as you walk that journey, that Christ is looking at you not as a slave but as a friend because you've invited him in your life and he has invited you into his life. That he wants you to stay as one and achieve the goal, and serve the mission that has been asked to do. Yep. When we become mature, we become like him. Our remaining Christ is part of the transformational work of God that is helping us to retain his image. This image will not come in a day, but this image it's a journey. This image is a journey. Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians said these words, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who will, we, we all who with unveiled faces, who reflect on the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image ever-increasing glory 
which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So each day we are being transformed. Each day we are being changed to become like him. To, to start to talk. To start to experience the fruit that is in him. And I pray that may your journey and my journey reflect Christ. That I pray that may those that see you out there on Monday and see me on Monday see Christ in us. Because if he's, if he's in you and you are in him, people will start to see him. In the Bible, David says that let's magnify God. Let us magnify God together. Not because God is tiny or small. It's because the things we do can either cover him. Can block his presence in us. The question is, how big is he in your life, in your journey? That yes, you've received him. When you're not on Sunday in church, when you're not having a fellowship with your friends, can people see his image in you, in everything you do? Are you planted in the right place? What fruits are on your tree? As you think about those questions, I want to invite the worship team to come. And I want you to stand, if you're able to stand, just to stand for a minute and ask yourself, are there things that you feel that are stopping, are hindering, are hindering your presence, are hindering your growth, your productivity? Are there things that are hindering your maturity in Christ? Let's stand on our feet. He says that just like the tree, if you are flourishing, if, if you are to flourish and produce more fruit, we must have our roots in the right place in order to receive regular nourishment. Are you established in a fellowship where you can receive guidance and encouragement and thrive in your gifts and talent? Lord, thank you today. Lord, thank you because of your love for us. For many of us, this is a journey that I've never even started. And some of us have started this journey, but they don't know where they are. But I pray that through your message today, and through your word today, that you help us to know where we are in our journey. That some of us are things that have things that need pruning and some of us we know, but we don't know others. But I pray, God, that you open our eyes to see what is it that you want to clean from my life. What is it that you want to chop off so that I can be able to grow and produce more fruit in my journey? As we sing this song, I want you to reflect on your own journey. And if you need prayer, if you've never made that decision to follow Christ, I want to stand here because today could be your first time to begin this journey of walking with Christ. And I'll be standing here to receive you on his behalf and guide you through this as we sing this song. Thank you.